Hey, South Point. How y'all doing? Oh, I didn't do it like Pastor. How y'all doing? Does that sound like him? Okay, there you go. Thought you might feel a little better about that. Um, so, good morning. Thank you. I'm just so honored to be here. And when Pastor Craig and Patty just allow me to share from, from this platform, I don't take it lightly. So, I'm very thankful for that. Very thankful. Alan, my husband's here with me. Everybody say, hey, Alan. <laughs> and our daughter's off traveling this weekend, Faith Marie. So, y'all may or may not know her. She's been off at college, but back with us right now. Um, so, how many of you would say um, that we live in unsettling times? I mean, to say the least. Um, I was going to use unprecedented, but I got so sick of hearing that when COVID came out. Everything was so unprecedented. Let's say unsettling, um, because I really do believe that we're living in a time um, like no other in the aspect of everything is so visual. I don't think people are any worse than they've ever been because the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. I just think there's more availability to see the depravity of the human heart because it's blasted globally all over social media, 24-7, 365. Um, you can find that. So, so many issues from the pandemic to financial issues and crisis to issues of race, political issues. How many say we have some issues? Okay, I got issues. You may not have issues, but I've got issues. So that's today's topic is issues, um, a matter of the heart. And, you know, it's a, I wonder sometimes how I am going to respond, Tina, um, how we are going to respond, and then how the church is going to respond in these unsettling times. I think it is so vital because we are the representation of Christ, right? I mean, we are his ambassadors. We are supposed to re represent him represent is representing something so it's important um, that we understand that and you know how many of you know that our response um, comes out of the content or the character of who we are I mean y'all know Jesus matters right Jesus matters not just here on Sunday. Jesus matters in your social media responses. Jesus matters in how you interact at Walmart. Jesus interacts how you interact in your car when you're driving down the road and no one can hear how you're reacting Jesus matters. Amen. Um, so we're going to jump right into my key scripture because I overdid last uh, service. So we're going to jump right into it. Proverbs 4.23 says this. It's our key scripture. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. That's New King James. How many memorize scripture in KJV? New King James Version. That's me. That's the way I hear God speak is New King James. And I love all the new uh, translations of the Bible. So keep that in mind. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. So we're talking about issues today. Uh, new Living Translation says it this way. Guard your heart above all else. Okay, guard your heart above your possessions. Guard your heart above your opinions. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So d your heart determines the course of your life. Not your so social economic status, not your race, not your gender determines the course of your life. The matters of your heart, your innermost being, determines the course of your life. You know, Dr. King said it didn't matter about the color of our skin. He was worried and concerned about the content and the character of the heart, right? That's completely scriptural, completely biblical. God is concerned. Man looks on the outward, but God searches where? Good job, the heart. Uh, Proverbs 4.23, same scripture, different translation, the passion. Translation says this. Above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. 
Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Look, it says, above all, guard the affections of our heart. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. What if we paid attention to the air, the airfare, <laughs> the welfare of our innermost being as much as we pay attention to what's going on on social media? What if we paid attention to the welfare of our innermost being as much as we care and pay attention to the next COVID statistic? right? Of whether you're supposed to wear a face mask or not wear a face mask, whether cops are good or bad, whether whatever, what if we paid more attention to what's going on inside of here than we pay attention to what's going on outside of there? Because what's going on inside of here is going to dictate how we respond to what's going on out there. It is absolutely 110%. So if we take care of what's going on inside of us, it's going to have an effect on what takes place around us. Are y'all catching a theme that I'm going with here? Let me give you a quick example. I can only speak from the context of Scripture that I've applied to my life and from my own experiences. So my handsome husband over here, I met him in 1999. Okay, yeah, for some of y'all, y'all, I wasn't even born then, long time ago. I met him in 1999, and we met in March. Okay, y'all get ready for this whirlwind. He asked me to marry him in June. We were married in August, and I was pregnant in November. 1999, y'all, we rocked out the Prince song. We partied like it was 1999. I mean, we had everything covered. Um, I had just been uh, clean from alcohol and drugs at that point for about two years um, where it was life-controlling for me and really walking strongly with the Lord for a good strong year. And so my parents were like, everybody around us was like, what's happening? What Kool-Aid you drinking? I mean, you just met this man, y'all getting married, da 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 all that. So we're pre I'm pregnant with Faith in November. Um, in January, this is 2000, in January, Alan loses, has to resign his job. Um, he's indicted. Um, when Faith's six months old, fast forward a little bit, he serves his first prison sentence. Let me tell you that we thought we were getting ready to, you know, go through the tulip fields and we were going to preach the gospel to the world, and it went straight to hell in a handbag. I mean, like that. Like, how many knows how quickly this world seems like it's changed? I mean, how fast things have changed. And I'm going to tell you, had we not had the Word of God and understood what God was doing on the inside of us, and we didn't understand everything in that moment, I, I see a lot more clearly now, we would have listened to the voices that surrounded us. I mean, y'all, front page of the commercial appeal, when your life is going like that, is not the place you want to be. You might as well be on a poster in the... Um, post office somewhere, you know what I'm saying? But uh, we had lots coming at us. We had people's opinions. We had, um, you know, attorney's opinions. We had everything going on. But what we made a decision to do was to honor and respect what God had to say above everything else, above anything anyone else had to say, anyone else's opinions, or anything like that. Look, the heart of God is more important than your heart or the heart of even the person that you love the most the heart of God. And that is a hard thing to take. You're like, you mean God don't care about us? No, he does. He loves you so much. In fact, he understands that sometimes our heart, the Bible says, can be evil, can even lead us astray when we follow our hearts. The heart is a good follower. It is not a good leader. And pastor may address that in some of the next series. When we say, oh, follow your heart. No, 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 baby. You need to follow Jesus. We need to follow after the Spirit. And if what's in our heart is good, then what's going to flow out is going to be good. But if what is in us is filled of, with hatred, you know, God says that how can you say you love God when you hate your brother? You, you love God you can't see, but you hate your brother that you can see? The love of God's not in you. 
That's hard words, y'all. Like when I first got born again and, and, and uh, had to go through all kinds of forgiveness and deliverance, and Stacy can talk about it from um, the programs that we have here and Patricia, I had to make some decisions that the Word of God was going to trump my feelings. I mean, it was going to supersede what I thought about things because there was people I did not want to forgive. There was things I did not want to give up, right? And if I would have succumbed to my flesh and my feelings, I would not probably be alive today, to be honest with you. That's just the truth of it. So here's the reason. We are spirit, soul, and body. It's so important. Pastor mentions this often, but I just really want to hit on it for a moment. It's so important that our heart is a good follower, but not a good leader. Let's read 1 Thessalonians 5.23 in the Amplified. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through. Y'all, that's a church word people don't like to hear anymore. Sanctified. We got to be set apart, basically, is what that means. That we'd be separate from the profane and vulgar things that make us pure and whole and that... Uh, and undamaged consecrate to him set apart for the purpose listen to this that that your spirit soul and body may be kept complete and blameless until the return of the lord jesus christ so first thessalonians he's breaking it down there we are spirit we have a soul and we live in a body your spirit man is great you say yes to jesus you are a sealed deal it's a done deal your soul is a whole different thing it's your mind will and emotions and it contains your heart within there right so the bible says don't be conformed to this world be transformed by what the renewing of our mind by this word y'all so when we get led we're led by the spirit it's great but we're led by our soul which is where our heart is contained we can get offline really quick and if we get led by our flesh y'all that's it's just like boom, boom skirt, skirt. i mean stop the car right there that's going to get you off in the ditch super quick so listen to this first uh, point so let's let's fill these in point one we are to be led by the Spirit, not our emotions, not even our heart. We're supposed to be led by the Spirit. Romans 8, 14 says, For all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. That's gender neutral. If you go back to the original Greek, are the sons and daughters of God. We are His, basically. So for all who are allowing themselves to be led, look, no one held a gun to your head and made you come to church this morning. If they did, y'all need to see one security out here in just a minute. But no one held a gun to your head and said, you're coming to church. You allowed yourself to get up, get ready on time, and get here, correct? So we have to allow the Spirit's leading in our life and say yes to those leadings. It's not always easy, trust me. So we have to, in allowing that, that says that's what we are allowing the Spirit to lead us. The Bible says that's who are the sons and the daughters of God. It didn't say those led by their intellect. It didn't, we don't check our brain at the door. It didn't say those led by their heart. It didn't say those led by their fleshly impulses, what we want to do, what we want to eat, what we want to use, what we want to watch. No, it said those led by the Spirit are His. We're His. Point two, heart check versus culture check. What are we doing? Are we checking our hearts? Are we looking at us? Are the first thing we do in checking every podcast, every opinion, every poll, every organization that says everything in the world matters? You may tell you what matters is the word of God matters. And we value God's word above everything else. And we value what Jesus has to say. We will value others. We will value our brother and sister. So Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, be anxious for nothing. You could probably quote this in your sleep. 
but in everything, prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard what? Your hearts and your minds. When we focus on Christ, when how many of you have just felt like recently, if you've gone into a place where it's, uh, you know, mi mixed company, you got black, white, Hispanic, whatever, or if you've gone into, had a police situation going on, or if you go into somewhere and half the people are wearing masks and half are not, has anyone just felt any little bit of anxiousness, just kind of, I mean, if you haven't, go ahead and check your pulse. I mean, if you can't tell me that in the last three months you haven't felt anxious about something, it may be your job, it may be what's going on in this world, but I'm going to tell you the anxiety level in this culture is like about right here. I mean, things are just like, you feel like things are about to blow just any minute, right? If you watch the world. But if you're focused on the inwardmost being of our hearts to say, how can we respond to this world, then that changes the whole dynamic of what we're experiencing. Amen? Point three says, focusing on the cares of this world produces anxiety. Focusing on the cares of this world. I think we all need to take a media, blog post, printed, social media, every kind of media break for about a week. Can I challenge you to do that? I'll do it with you. I will. My daughter and I did it for a few days this past week. I mean, I will tell you your anxiety level, your levels with the cares of this world, by this time next week, you're going to be like, whew, I sure can't breathe a little easier. I mean, just that one step alone. Hey, you know, I would love to reintroduce. How many remember WWJD from, from 1990s? I think I'm going to have all those remade. We're all going to wear wristbands, and we want to reply to something on social media. We ought to pop ourselves with that little wristband and ask, what would Jesus do? i tell you what he would do. He would be moved with compassion for people, right? Sometimes he might call out the religious leaders and say, oh, brood of vipers. But he also, in that same statement, said, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, but he would, he would have loved the woman who was caught in prostitution that was thrown at his feet, that he loved her so much that he cared to call out all the religious leaders that were condemning her. He loved the woman with the issue of blood enough to stop everything he was doing to address her, right? He affirmed gender. He affirmed people. He loved people enough that he went and, and sat and talked and walked with tax collectors, which were the scandalous people of the time, right? He called down Zacchaeus out of the tree and went and ate, and it should have been totally against. He talked to the Samaritan woman at the well and read her mail up one side and down the other. He shouldn't even been talking to her. Scandalous. He cared about people because he cared about what was going on in them, not because they agreed with him or for what they could do for him. What would Jesus do today? Amen. Thank you, all four of you. Okay, so is culture speaking more to me than I'm speaking to culture? Is culture guiding and directing how you spend your time? Is culture speaking more to you than you're speaking to culture? And I don't mean you're tearing it down because there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And what we speak, we'll eat. What we speak, we will have. We can build up with our words or we can tear down. You can tell your children they're stupid. They'll never amount to anything. Oh, you did it again. Or you can tell them, you know what? You are created for more than this. and I'm going to help you get through it because you're going to change this world with that little outgoing personality that you have. Or maybe that shy child, instead of calling your child shy, and they, they, why don't you get up and say something? Why don't you realize maybe they might be a feeler or a discerner and help cultivate what's in them, right? There is life and death in the power of the tongue. Amen? 
Galatians 5, uh, 22 and 23 says, Before the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's one of the first scriptures we taught our daughter. Um, it was Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And she can rattle it off in her sleep. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. It doesn't say the fruits. It's in Fruit Loops. You don't get to pick out what flavor you want. It's the fruit. It's the very nature of God. And when we say yes to God and we allow him to come in and, and get into that soul space and into our heart space, we literally abide in him. The fruit of the Spirit is what we produce in our lives. Have y'all ever seen an apple tree or an orange tree struggling to produce fruit? I mean, they, boop, there goes an orange. I mean, like, boop, there goes an apple. I mean, have you ever seen a tree struggling to be a fruit tree? No. What you see is good seed, good seed put in good ground that is watered, coming to church, reading your word, associating with those who love Jesus, that are going to lift you up, watered. And then in season, it just produces. There's just fruit. It's just there. It's just who you are created to be in Jesus. You're created to love. Because like I said earlier, if you can't love a man you can see, how can you love a God you cannot see? Amen or oh me. It's something that we have to let God come in and work on the deep, dark spaces in our own lives. Amen. And you know, one thing I really love is that we have it so much more better than the disciples did. We don't have to go try to find Jesus sitting in a boat or sitting on a hill or get his attention. We have direct connection to the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. The veil has been ripped. We have complete access to Jesus right now. Right here where we sit, whether you go to Walmart, no matter what you're doing in life. Amen? So as we abide, it's a direct connection. So uh, point four says, abiding in Christ produces fruit. Did I already say that? Abiding in Christ produces all of that fruit. It just produces. It just happens, right? Thank God we don't have to grow the fruit and vegetables. We can go to Whole Foods or Kroger or Walmart and just pick it up. It just abounds, right? Luke 6, 45 says this, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Point five, what we say and what we do reveals what we are filling our hearts and lives with. Oh, but y'all don't understand. That's just my Cajun temper. That's just my Irish temper. Mm-mm. Last time I checked, you've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. Those little triggers that we have that someone wants to, you, oh, he triggered me. Oh, that's my trigger. Get healing from the trigger because my response is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. Amen. I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the cold heart truth. We make it so much more complicated because what we do is we get stuck in our flesh so often. We're in our soul space, this mind, will, and emotions instead of letting this word of God be put within us and us being led by the Spirit. Do we have any veterans or military in here? I really can't hardly see you. One over here, two, thank you. First, thank you for your service. Over here, thank you for your service. But I want to ask you a quick question. If you served, whether it was in Vietnam or, you know, wherever we served recently, um, did you just get dropped in the middle of a war zone and just hope it all worked out? Did you just respond to the enemy and take the guns and the ammunition and whatever you have? No, I bet you went through boot camp. I bet you went through training. 
I bet you were assigned to a specific task and field. And yet when we face the storms of life, somehow we just think because we said yes to Jesus, we're going to know how to respond and we're going to know how to deal with the warfare. And if we don't have this within us to work in us from the inside out, when you're in the middle, when Alan and I were in the middle of our biggest um, challenges of life, if we hadn't had this word on the inside of us, we wouldn't have anything to work with but our flesh and our soul. And y'all, that will get you off track so very fast. Let me hit these last two points. What we say, oh, I already said that. Point six, what we value reveals where our heart is. Matthew 6, 21 says, for where the treasure is, your heart will also be. Amen. Where your treasure is, your heart will also be. Proverbs 3, I love, y'all just go read Proverbs. Just do me a favor, just read Proverbs. You'll love it, it'll change your life. Proverbs 3 says, my son, do not forget my law. Keep, let, oh wait, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace will they add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart and so find favor and high esteem with God and with man. Do you know how you find favor with God is through his word and through faith and that will overflow just like the fruit does and you'll find favor in the eyes of men, which means favor on your job, favor with family. And it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your steps. Point seven, what we trust in will dictate the course of our lives. If you trust in riches, if you trust in gold, if you trust in this economy, God forbid you trust in the political system these days, you are not going to find the ways of life and liberty. But if you will trust in the ways of the Lord, He will direct your steps. Amen? Y'all, it's so vital. It's so vital that we fill our heart with good things. It's so vital that we fill our hearts with the Word of God. Literally, I believe it's this vital, that it is literally the hinge of a door that can swing wide open to speak life, or that's the hinge of a door that can swing shut like the, like the vault in a cemetery. I mean, we can choose to speak life, we can choose to speak death, but it's all going to come out of what's already that we possess with on the inside of us. Amen? Amen? Won't you pray with me? Lord, we thank you, Father, that you've given us the opportunity in this season. God, we don't have to talk depression and disgust and division. Oh, God, but when we speak your word, when we come from a place of having our hearts transformed by your word, God, we can literally transform this culture. We can transform this nation, God. And it begins with me. It begins, just put your hand on your heart and say, it begins with me. God, we remind ourselves, oh God, that even for the joy set before you, y'all, even when Jesus was led across and led to that cross and he was accused and he was spit on, he remained silent because he didn't do one thing the Father didn't want him to do because he didn't do it unless he first heard it or saw it. So, Father, give us that heart. Right now, I pray that we'll have that heart to not do one thing that we don't first hear or see from the Father. And Father, I stand here and I say, we right now, just forgive us, Lord. God, we repent if we've reacted, if we've responded, if we've been led by just our minds that are just so full of stuff, if we've been led by the flesh, Father. But let us today make a decision to say, forgive us and let us be led by your Spirit. And you know, you may say, Tina, that's great, but I don't even know how to be led by the Spirit. The first step is Jesus. Y'all, Jesus matters. I want to say he matters more today than ever, but we ought to feel that way every day. If you don't know Jesus, it's just this simple, this prayer. Jesus, I need you. 
if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, today is your day. And everything changes. Today is the day everything can change. So, Lord, I thank you for those who are saying yes to you today, Father. Equip us, inspire us, lead us by your Spirit this way, that all issues that flow will be ones that concern you and will glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, yeah, give it up for Tina, everybody. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Just a couple of quick things before we go ahead and break and get out of here. As we exit, please exit to your right. And because of social distance, we ask that you're not going to congregate too much in the lobby. Um, just make on your way outside. But please feel free to hang out in the parking lot. Talk to everyone that you need to talk to. Um, we are so thankful that you guys are here. We're in love that you guys hung out with us today. If you have taken that moment that Tina talked about and you need prayer, you need to talk to somebody about this movement that the Spirit has just had with you. We have people that would love to pray with you and speak with you on either side of the cross. We also have individual communion for you. So if you want to partake in that, there is right there as well. And they would love to help you with that. If you guys would stand with me as I give the benediction and we're going to get on out of here. Father, may the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. Lord, you're our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. You guys have a great week.